The sacred text this morning is from 1 Corinthians chapter 8, verses 1 through 13. And if you'd like to follow along, it's on page 160 of the New Testament section of your pew Bible. Now, concerning food sacrificed to idols, we know that all of us possess knowledge. Knowledge puffs up, but love builds up. Anyone who claims to know something does not yet have the necessary knowledge, but anyone who loves God is known by him. (coughs) Hence, as to the eating of food offered to idols, we know that no idol in the world really exists, and that there is no God but one. Indeed, even though there may be so-called gods in heaven or on earth, as in fact there are many gods and many lords, yet for us there is one God, the Father, from whom are all things and for whom we exist, and one Lord, Jesus Christ, through whom all things and through whom we exist. It is not everyone, however, who has this knowledge, since some have become so accustomed to idols until now, they still think of the food they eat as food offered up to an idol, and their conscience, being weak, is defiled. Food will not bring us close to God. We are no worse off if we do not eat and no better off if we do. But take care that this liberty of yours does not somehow become a stumbling block to the weak. For if others see you, who possess knowledge, eating in the temple of an idol, might they not, since their conscience is weak, be encouraged to the point of eating food sacrificed to idols? So, by your knowledge, those weak believers for whom Christ died are destroyed. But when you thus sin against members of your family and wound their conscience when it is weak, you sin against Christ. Therefore, if food is a cause of their failing, falling, I will never eat meat so that I may not cause one of them to fall. Thus ends the reading of the sacred text. Thank you, Annie. Welcome, You read that like you believed it. <laughs> A few minutes before worship, Annie kind of like, you know, now I'm a nervous wreck here. She says, I'm really interested in what you're going to do with this uh, scripture reading because I found it really strange. <laughs> so now I'm thinking, should I rewrite my entire sermon? What should I do? <laughs> so so we'll, we'll, we'll just kind of see where this, where this goes. Um, so the central um, verses, verse here that, that I'm really going to I think keep coming back to 
is these two phrases. Knowledge puffs up. Love builds up. So we're going to spend a little bit of time talking about that. Um, The core issue in this Corinthian community, from Paul's point of view that he's addressing, is the issue of eating food that's been sacrificed to idols. Clearly not an issue that would come up in the Caldwell United Church of Christ. It's not going to help us in our annual meeting agenda today um, in any way, and I don't think we'll have a vote on any aspect of this. However, you could substitute almost any issue that we might struggle with as a church, especially when the struggle comes between those who've been around for a long time and those who come with some new ways. So understand in this young Christian church, and and they really often thought in the beginnings of this that they were still Jewish people just kind of taking the next step on the journey, right? But then Paul is one of those as he gathers churches around, and Corinth is one of them, these new church starts, um, where, uh, and, and you can read in the scripture some of the debates about this, that, that the Gentiles come in, those who don't have a Jewish background, they weren't born Jewish, it wasn't like they, they were born Jewish and they strayed away or anything. They came from pretty much no faith. They were the pagans. Or they came from worshipping these other gods. You know, you may have studied about the Greek gods or something like that. And well, well, you know, back in this time, there was a lot of that. And a lot of uh, worshipping to many gods that are going on. And one of the practices to please the gods was to offer your precious food, your precious cattle, whatever, as a sacrifice. You would sacrifice it to please the gods. And the gods would uh, give you the benefits of that. So we have this young community. And those who were the Jewish people in the community, who came out of the Jewish part of it, um, have been raised to believe that any of these food that has ever been offered to the gods, that it's a defilement, it's, it's, it's the biggest sin you can imagine to eat it. And yet some of their others coming in as followers of Jesus who come out of that background don't get it. So Paul is trying to address that particular issue. Now we could spend hours going into the details of that issue. But the point is to use the fact that there is a core issue between different you know, parts of a community that Paul is trying to resolve and he's trying to use certain principles to resolve them. And so very early on, he says, knowledge puffs up and love builds up. wonder who he thinks has the knowledge. And it's puffing them up. I mean, that really is something we know that is true. When someone thinks they're right, right? Often, especially when they care about it, 
they're not always real humble about it, right? And they're not always ready to hear all the other points of view. If you're pretty sure you got the knowledge, somebody else doesn't, you're right, they're misguided. Has anyone ever had that? Oh, okay. Maybe it just happened back then, I thought. But no, it happens in our midst all of the time, right? So this got me going back to um, back to some basic roots. What, is it, what does it mean to have knowledge? So in one of my other lives, back a quarter of a century ago, when I spent uh, six years working at Department of Social and Health Services in Olympia, I would go to a lot of these kind of business-oriented kind of workshops, right? And one of them I went to, they, they presented on a big screen a, a pyramid, and they were showing the building blocks because I was working in information systems, and they were showing the building blocks of information because we were just beginning to talk about how we were in the information age. And we know information is power, where it's been drilled in us, right, for, for this last quarter of a century. And so in this pyramid at the very bottom, it, it's, it said data. And there's a line. And data is basically bits of information that has no connection to anything yet, like the number nine. That's data, right? Um, and the next level up, as you go up the pyramid, is information. A sentence could be have information in it. You still don't have a lot of context or know how to use it if I just give you one sentence, but, but it has, there's some, it's more than just little isolated bits, right? The next level up on this pyramid was knowledge. And that's where you're able to begin to get some context and synthesize some of the collected data that becomes information that leads to some knowledge and understanding, and you can now do something with it, right? And then, at the top of the pyramid, was wisdom. And this is when you have the discerning ability to understand how to use the facts that have been collected, that information, the knowledge that is there. And you know how in certain situations with real people and how to move things forward in a positive and good direction and something that's going to work for all, it takes wisdom. Now, not a lot of people are really good at the wisdom part of it, but it was at the top of this pyramid, you know? Um, and so now we look at a quarter of a century of the information age, and, and we wonder, has the deluge of information in this age brought us closer to wisdom? Right? You know? We now even dispute whether the basic information is really information. Is it really connected to any reality or not? Or are we just all creating our own worlds with what we want to think and believe and all of that. So in the context of this simple little pyramid where it actually is very complicated because as each of us as individuals deal with it, as we as a community deal with it, 
we perceive it all and we understand it all in the context of the waters that we swim in, you might say, which is the culture that we're part of, the family systems we come out of and still live in, the media we choose to pay attention to, and I include social media with that, and the company that we keep. All of this is part of the context of how we process all this data to information to knowledge and hopefully to wisdom. Remembering that knowledge puffs up and love builds up. Now in the context of all of that, I believe, and maybe you'll agree with me, that we are now living in a kind of a chaos time. Because it's like all of this has been dumped. And everybody is doing their own stuff with it. And most of us have no idea how to sort through it all. We don't seem to have the time, the energy, the tools, the methodologies for figuring this all out and deciding what to throw away, what to use, how to use it, when to use it. In the midst of that, we have people who we see who think they have knowledge and it puffs them up. And they become stronger and sometimes pushier and sometimes more arrogant. But we here in church know that it's love that builds up. It's not this pyramid thing. Maybe it's starting to get to it when we get to wisdom. But it doesn't get us all the way there. The problem we have today is that in all of this it, that we're swimming in and the chaos that we're in, as we look around, and maybe this has been true throughout history, as we look around at the religious world, the different churches and denominations and religions, are any of them doing any better moving up the pyramid towards wisdom and making sure that knowledge doesn't puff up but love builds up? Where is that happening? Because in the chaos, we're all overwhelmed equally, no matter what we hope for, no matter what we care for. And we're not really sure how to swim from these waters to better waters. So Paul is walking us through because he's dealing with these kind of tensions within the Corinthian community. And so he's dealing with this one issue, but substitute any issue you want. One that is happening now in the church here, one that has happened in the past, and you can reflect upon how we work through this in terms of what Paul is saying, or something that you think is coming on the horizon. And it could be something somewhere else other than the church, but I find it helpful to think uh, about the church. So now concerning whatever that issue is, Remember, no matter what your thoughts are, what you think you know, what you think you're sure of and somebody else is misguided on, remember, Paul says, that knowledge puffs up and love builds up. Dang. I don't like that because you know what? 
going through the process of getting the knowledge is so much easier than figuring out this love stuff on a real ground level. But Paul is saying it's dangerous. It's a dangerous way to go. Anyone who claims to know something does not yet have the necessary knowledge. Anyone, he says. So even if you have something, you don't have enough. Maybe because somebody else has a piece of the puzzle, huh? Or maybe because you're just one person, you can't keep it all in your brain. And then he plays around with this knowledge and known language. But anyone who loves God is known by God. So knowledge really comes through relationship. Through the knowing. Through the love relationship God has with us, God knows us. If we're willing to be known. If we're willing to respond to the love and the love relationship. So hence, as to the eating of food offered idols or whatever issue you had in your mind, we know that no idol in the world really exists and that there is no God but one. So this, Paul is actually asserting knowledge. And what I think is maybe interesting, and maybe, Annie, you caught this as you were looking at it, is if we were doing this in a classroom, you know, Paul's a human being too. I think as he goes through this, he's trying to assert some knowledge. And that becomes already, he's already warned us that that's dangerous. Right? So he kind of enters that dangerous territory. But is it not true that even if knowledge puffs up and love builds up, we can't live in any age, information age or any age, without learning some things and having some information and seeing reality and perceiving it and studying it with science or whatever and, and drawing some level of conclusions. But it's when we become so sure that the process we went through up that pyramid that we've got it and somebody else is misguided. Look at the history of the world. Look at just the history of religion. Look at the violence religions and factions and religions over history have even perpetrated on each other because I'm right and you are wrong and you are doing damage because you're not doing it the right way. Because knowledge puffs up and love builds up. And so, those of us in... Uh, church know that we all have opinions about things like uh, the right way to be a pastor or the right way to run a meeting or the right way to uh, organize the kitchen. That's always a fun one in churches. The right way to be the moderator. Um, the right way to spend the money or to ask for the money. The, uh, the reasons why in our society there is such a divide between the rich and the poor. The right way to discipline your kids. One thing I like about being a grandparent 
when I was a parent with little kids, other parents would tell us all the time, well, you shouldn't do it that way, you should do it this way. They don't tell grandparents that, which is really nice. It's a nice relief. Um, and the right religious beliefs. Almost everybody has opinions about most of these things. And if we're honest with ourselves, we're pretty sure in most of these areas that the conclusion we've drawn is the right one. So if somebody's doing it different, they're not doing it the right way. But we're being warned today that knowledge puffs up and love builds up. So how do we move through all this and get so that the knowledge doesn't puff up and the love builds up? Well, we have to become aware and pay attention. We've got to pay attention, first of all, to those waters that we swim in in our culture that have affected us, to, to the things in our family systems that have affected us, to the media we choose to pay attention to and how it's affecting us, and to the company we keep and how it's affecting us. We need to actually think through that stuff a little bit. We need to spend some time in prayer space, opening ourselves up to the fact that What's inside our head is not enough. And if we over-convince ourselves that we've got the right conclusions, we're going to get puffed up. We've got to ask for God's help in that prayer space and each other's help when we pray together. We need to study things together so that we can build deeper understandings and move towards greater wisdom. We need to have processes where we discern things together and figure out conclusions that are beyond any one of us that take us to a new place. We need to be willing to live in community spaces and build up communities of real trust. And this is really the hard part because I've learned but I still don't know how to break through it that the only way to build real community of trust is to be willing to create safe spaces, to be vulnerable with each other. If we're not willing to be vulnerable with each other, we can't build communities of trust. But when we can, that also counteracts the knowledge puffing us up, doesn't it? <laughs> Gives us a chance for love to build up. So on this annual meeting Sunday, we really celebrate that we are trying to be a community of trust, following in the ways of Jesus and the wisdom that has come and how to live from Jesus and from many who have followed Jesus. And we hope and pray this day that God will help break through the places where our knowledge has gotten so hardened that it's puffed us up and blocked us from being affected by new and more wholesome understandings. We pray that we might be willing to take the risk to work on love that builds up by building deeper communities of trust here in the church and in any other place that we are. With the advice of Paul and the guidance of the Spirit, and the willingness for us to open ourselves up. It will be amazing what we can do.
and how far we can go. Amen.